Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, the podcast about two skeptics forced to delve into the world of conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. As always, I'm your co-host Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host Andy Hart. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, the only podcast for people who want to know about things of the bizarre from two people who don't necessarily believe it and are forced to talk about it to them. <laughs> and there's the intro. Uh, now on to the greeting. Hello, Andy. Hello, Art. <laughs> nice to see you. It's nice to see you as well. You're looking dapper. You're looking fresh. Thank you. I recently showered. <laughs> That's good. Hygiene's important, don't you think, Andy? Hygiene is important. I mean, Hygiene. I'm a pig. I don't necessarily oh, think it's boy. so important. Oh, boy. Here we go. Andy, there's recently been some established lore on the podcast that you're a bit of a pig, and it's fabricated, but it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. We're I love just it. just having fun. Folks, slice up my belly and have some bacon. <laughs> oh, poor Andy. Poor Andy. Poor us, huh? <laughs> You're stuck with me in this bunker. And poor, poor Andy. Poor listeners. Pork Andy. <laughs> I'm not going to pork Andy. <laughs> Nobody's porking Andy. Nobody's porking me. Oh, ow. Nobody's porking me. Uncle. I'm droopy. I'm I'm droopy the dog. <laughs> no one's porking me. That's, dro- that's droopy dog for sure. Oh, poor me. <laughs> there you go. Parking me. Is that what he sounds like? Yeah. Nobody wants to fuck Derpy <laughs> Dog. Nobody wants to 69 Derpy Dog. Nobody. <laughs> anyway, was, folks. That was the whole crux of that cartoon, <laughs> Droopy Dog. Great cartoon. Hey. 69. Anna Barbera cartoons got weird. <laughs> uh, speaking of weird, listeners, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, every Thanks for week, being here. Every week, Andy and I are abducted by the titular Mr. Bunker. He brings us to his doomsday bunker and he forces us to podcast about, you know, conspiracy theories, weird shit, paranormal stuff. Uh, and this week is no different. Right, Mr. Drew? Yeah. Mr. Thur. <laughs> Thur. Hey, I'm Thor's brother, Thur. Thur. What up? <laughs> Yeah, I got a hammer. I got a screwdriver. I got a screwdriver. Uh, Thor got a hammer and a raven, and I got a screwdriver and a robin. <laughs> yeah, I'm a robin things. I'm a robin Asgard. I, they don't mention me much, but I was there in them comic books. And you that better movie. get an Asgard. <laughs> You're going to need one. You know, we're going to give drip. You're going to be flying everywhere. We're going to need one. <laughs> 
I think Bob's off of Jackie. We'll be in trouble. You'd be glad you're in NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR? NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, it's my third. Um, that was Thur, another great character. Thur, one of the many beloved characters created on this podcast. <laughs> in the lore of the podcast. Um, listeners, every week before we jump into our research in which we give you, the listeners, the whole enchilada. Hope you're hungry. You better be hungry because we're giving you all the facts that we care to give to you. <laughs> and that to us is the whole enchilada. That's you know the what? whole enchilada. You know what? An enchilada, a perfect enchilada, an entire enchilada is not every ingredient in the kitchen. It's only the no. ingredients needed to make a whole enchilada. That's 100%, 100% true, Andy, and I'm glad you said that. And before we dive into the topic today and what we're going what we're going to talk about uh, in our research and discussion, we'd like to let you listeners know uh, how we, how Mr. Bunker captured us. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, Andy, why don't you tell me and the listeners how you got captured this week? All right. Uh, um, Um, so I, um, I'm a big fan of the Chicago public library system. I'll come right out and say it. Um, wow. The Dewey Decimal System. Controversial, I know, but... You love jerking off in those computers. Yeah, I love in the computers, uh, in the... The children's section. The little individual reading stalls. Um, They're perfect for masturbation. Um, (laughs) So I was at my local library uh, recently, uh, and I was uh, going to check out a book. And um, while I was in the library, they were having a special event, Art, and uh, they had... They had a special library mascot there because libraries do a lot of other things besides just allowing you to check out books. Let's 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 give it up for our librarian listeners. Uh, libraries are like hubs of the community. There's a lot of programming and things that libraries do all across the country to support the, the people they can that help live. You research stuff. Yeah, you know they help you with if you want to learn how to use a computer. If you're like some kind of weirdo who doesn't know how to use a computer at the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If there are librarian <laughs> listeners, I want you to know that your work is appreciated. Yes. For all Maybe of Maybe not by me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess in Art's opinion, the librarians are only helping out weirdos <laughs> and- I mean, you went there. The, the people on the very fringes of society. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's all jokes, okay? Okay. Everybody everybody, calm down. Sure. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, but I went to my local library okay. and uh, they had uh, Wally the Bookworm- they're the library mascot. Great uh, character. Great character. Cousin of Glowworm. Yeah, yeah. Wally the Bookworm. Yeah, Wally the Bookworm. And uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I was like, hey, um, you know, it'd be great. I'll get my picture taken with Wally. So okay. I go I go over uh, to Wally and um, he, you know, like we put our arms around each other. Like, you know, he's like, it's a guy in a costume, right? Mm. right? Oh. So it's not a real giant worm. Oh. What the fuck? It wasn't. I mean, it's just it's it's a mascot. <laughs> You're telling me that that, uh, that like cracked out looking Elmo in Times Square wasn't actually Elmo? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, the actual Elmo is just a puppet too. Oh, Art. God damn it! There's a conspiracy. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that during the research portion. <laughs> All um, right. So you're talking to Glowworm. So I'm um, Wally the Bookworm. Wally the Bookworm. And Wally's got this. Like it feels like he's got his arm around my shoulder. But it feels like he's squeezing me really tight. That's not out of the ordinary for a person in a mascot costume, but okay. And, um, yeah, I got my picture taken with him. And then I left the library. 
son of a bitch. And I tripped over a big rock <laughs> that was in the middle of the sidewalk. And I fell ass over tea kettle into the back of Bunker's van. And he uh, just immediately drove away. And the door slammed shut. <laughs> and I was locked in there. And then he was like swerving. So I was like ping ponging in the back of his van. His windowless van. Oh, God. He... He gets you with these really complicated bait and switches, huh? I don't, I don't think this was a bait and switch. I think he just did the rock. Like, he saw me go in there. And he didn't sw- have a plan. No. He was just like, I don't know. That, I don't, that fucker will find I f- a way. I felt like after the fact that Wally the Bookworm was in on it, but the more I've had time to reflect on it. I think part of it might be because you called him out a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you were true. You were kind of like peeved at him a little bit, and you were kind of getting at it with him. And maybe he's kind of toned down some of the hijinks with you i first said he was overconfident for thinking that he could capture us twice in a row for a two-part our extravagant two-part right uh very well received episode yeah it was and i want to thank everybody for listening our wildly popular episodes on the kennedy's Kennedy's. yeah and uh you know i I initially said that he was overconfident and then you know i tried to get it captured again because i was so eager to to look into Bobby Kennedy. You famously laid out like a starfish right. on a hot sidewalk. Right. I starfished on the sidewalk and he like didn't didn't care. He made me lay there like an idiot. So, yeah, maybe maybe I brought this on myself. Maybe a little bit. I don't know, Andy. I don't know. I can't Art? say for certain. All I know is that he got you. He got me. And, and here I am. Same different different means to the same same end. Uh, you know who else is here? You are. I am. How'd you get here? Ah! Ah! Oh! 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 <laughs> That's the opera ghost. Oh! Listeners, Andy has lovely pipes. And a terrible voice. <laughs> I was talking about his intestines. Great pipes. <laughs> they are as regular as the day is long. Um, Andy, I have been on a quest. Like the great Arthurian legends, I have been on many a quest. My quest is not does not involve slaying dragons or uh, finding beautiful maidens or canoodling with wizards. <laughs> you know, you know the deal. Those, you know, the legends of old. Those aren't part of your quest. Those are no. things you do, but they're not <laughs> part of your I quest. I do in my head. Um, I am on a quest to make the perfect mint green iced tea. Oh yeah. The most refreshing of summertime drinks. Mm-hmm. You come home after a long day of work, especially when you're walking home. It's hot, muggy. You just got off the train. All you want to do is just go home and you pour yourself a nice cold glass of mint green iced tea. So refreshing, Andy. Don't you think? Sure. You don't agree? I don't know that I've ever had mint green tea. Well, you've had iced tea. I've had iced tea. Well, imagine it minty. Yeah, I did, I, very refreshing. Yeah, maybe. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, well, I, we can't all go home and drink fucking like a garlic-infused mayonnaise like you do. <laughs> Just, go home and chug a nice big glass of aioli. I cut it I cut it with some buttermilk. <laughs> so it's more chuggable. <laughs> you love that sour that sour note that you get from the buttermilk, right? Yeah, the yeah, it's like it's like three parts buttermilk to one part mayonnaise to five parts garlic. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I'm on a quest, and I've been trying different combinations of 
different teas, different mint, uh, different brewing methods. You know, do you do you pour hot water over the leaves first in order to uh, extrapolate and get rid of some of those tannins, some of those harsh notes of the tea, so that then when you brew it cold, you just get the nice flat, round flavor. I'm a bit of a tea snob. This is no, you know, this is not old news. Well, you know this about me because you know me, but listeners yeah. don't know this, is that I love tea. Arts, all uh, types of loose leaf tea. Listeners, if you're out there, Art's really sniffing that poo air. <laughs> I love. I actually don't own any um, any nice poo airs, and I've I've only had a few in my day. They're nice though. <laughs> I've made some poo air before. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a, I'm a very. Pig. <laughs> yeah, you make a poo air about three times a day. I'd say easily, <laughs> easily. easily. I feel that quota average. easily. That's the average. <laughs> my toilet. I got one of them fancy toilets. Takes note. If uh, if I was on the speaking of Hanna Barbera, if I was a character on the Flintstones, that uh, bird that whose mouth I shit in would be really wishing he had a different job. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, um, I'm on a quest to make the perfect glass of mint green iced tea, and I ordered some new tea from a from a weird company that I found online. I should have known that their website was a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was all in, the, the site was mostly in, 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 in like Chinese, um, I don't know what they're actually called in Chinese, but I know in Japanese they're called kanji characters, which are Chinese, uh, you know, symbols for their, for their language. Um, but, you know, I thought, I saw it recommended on a couple of, uh, a couple of forums, a couple of tea forums. So I thought, I got to try this. So I ordered some tea from them and it came in the most a huge package. It wasn't very it wasn't like massive that I had to like lug it, but it was very big for the amount of tea that I ordered. I only ordered like 200 grams. Shouldn't be much bigger than, you know, a packet of like an oatmeal uh package. Yeah. Um but this this was a lot bigger. It was almost the size of like a full box and I thought this is odd. Did you order 200 kilograms? No, no, no. I ordered 200 grams. All right. I'm not that big of an idiot. Mm. I know the difference between a gram and a kilogram. Okay. And I opened the box, and wouldn't you know it, I'll pop Mr. Bunker. (laughs) He just (laughs) jumped out? He jumped right out, and he had a bunch of loose leaf tea in his palms. Like, I'm uh, for the listeners at home, I'm making like a... He's cupping both of his hands and holding them together, so they're making one contiguous cup. A big bowl, and he he blew a bunch of some sort of tea substance or something. It must have been sleepy time tea, because I immediately fell asleep. Wow. He dragged me, and he put me in the... He chamomiled you. He (laughs) chamomiled. He hit me with that chamomile. And I just felt, ooh, I felt so cozy. I fell asleep. Wow. Yeah. Where did you wake up? In the van. Was he Was he driving? Yeah, he must have been driving. Oh, uh, okay. You were alone? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> you know, it's, Andy's not that impressed, listeners, but, <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, at, at this point in our lives, it's just, it's just This is, uh, yeah, I mean- Let's be honest. This week, okay, he got into your tea shipment, but like he just put a big rock on the sidewalk for me. Like, I mean, honestly, he's kind of, you know, he used to be about elaborate costumes and stuff. I feel like he's getting a little too like comfortable. Well, well, see, now you're calling him out again. He's gonna he's oh, gonna yeah. do something crazy to you. Well, good. I mean, it makes for a better story if he does. <laughs> 
Speaking of better stories, Andy, <laughs> today's topic are are people who would reject some would reject my um my delicious refreshing tea. They wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it. But you know what they would like? What's that? They would like to be treated like the tea and left out on your back porch to sit in the sun. That's right. They would love to be treated like sun tea, Andy. Great segue. Listeners, today we are talking about the movement, I guess you would call it, or the uh, lifestyle known as uh, breatharianism or inedia, right? Inedia? I think it's inedia. Inedia. It's Latin. Right. Because it's like inedible, inedia. Yes, inedia. Um, this is Non-eaters, a, not eaters. They don't eat. That's right, Andy. This is a movement in which they believe they can live off the energy, and we'll get into it, the religious energy. In some cases. In some cases, of the sun and and fresh air. Many of these people claim they haven't eaten. They've been able to fast for months, years, their entire lives. Decades. That's right. In some cases. Um. Now, most of the scientific community considers this pseudoscience, wouldn't you say, Andy? Yeah, I'd say that these, uh, they think this is bunk. They think it's bunk, but Bunker, on the other hand, thinks it's, uh, it could, there could be some truth behind it. In fact, he, he tried to live as a breatharian, um, mm-hmm. for a little while. He told us the story. He told us a story where he tried to live as a breatharian because he said, you know, he wanted to live as it, but... He had a he had a cheeseburger and a cigarette about fifteen minutes into it, and then realized <laughs> that as a breatharian you you can't eat or smoke cigarettes. And he's like, ah, oh. he still thinks it's real. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's. I think he's strung a little too tight to be a breatharian. Yeah, he, he's not in the best shape. I mean, he's very nimble and very clever. But don't get us wrong; he can fit into a lot of weird places. Yeah. He's not exactly a triathlete. Right, yeah. I mean, he's not going to win a gold medal at the decathlon. <laughs> no. He, I mean, he had a cheeseburger and a cigarette about, you know, 15 minutes in, and then he was like, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he still thinks it's real, though. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into it. We're going to uncover some wild stories, listeners, that's going to make you lose your breath. You better buckle up and have your oxygen ready to go. <laughs> get your Get your dial set. Put that little nose piece in, listeners. Make sure you're sitting because... uh, Put out your cigarettes before you do because that's an explosive combo. You don't want to be around that. Um, Without further ado, Andy, let's get into it. Here's our research of... Ratharianism. established lore on this podcast that you're a pig yes as we've already discussed how do you feel about that i'm a pig (laughs) i live in a barn (laughs) because i'm too messy to go indoors (laughs) i never wear clothes i crap everywhere i roll around in filth i I'm covered in mud all the time. I stick my snout into the dirt to look for food. I'm a pig. 
Um, well, Andy, you know, I think part of that is a little uh, over the top, but we we share something in common, your pig self and my and myself here. Is that we both love to eat, right? Oh yeah, I for sure do because I'm such a pig. <laughs> Some of our most cherished memories between you and I are sharing when we've shared meals in the company of friends. Wouldn't you agree? I uh, yeah, I think that's true for a lot of people. That that's true uh, for a lot of people. That uh, eating a, a meal is a is a is a communal thing, a societal thing, a social across the entire yeah. globe. I think one thing you can find across humanity is that. People love to get together to share a meal and um, share each other's company. And food tastes great. Food tastes great. But Andy and the listeners, what if I told you that there was no need to eat or drink, that you could simply get all the nourishment you need from the sun and from breathing clean, fresh air? What would you think? (laughs) Well, I don't know, Art. I'd probably say you're breathing full of hot gas, which is the most uh sensical way i could think to say that phrase <laughs> well you i could have said you're full of hot air or something nope. but Mm-mm. no i think the best way to say it is that you're breathing full of hot gas that makes sense to me andy there is a belief called breatharianism or inadia right yeah okay i've i've heard of it i was saying about the pronunciation of oh, inadia yeah. uh which teaches that it is entirely possible to live Without consuming food. Some even go as far to say that they don't need to drink water to live. They believe they can live solely off the sun. You see, the sun is the main provider of prana or the life force or chi or for the religious, the love of God or whatever you want to call it. Right? Yeah. Delicious piranhas. (laughs) You know, art and listeners, this should not be confused with modern-day dieting or even modern-day religious fasting ceremonies. Intermittent fasting, a dieting technique in which users limit their eating to certain time windows during the day, is a generally popular form of dieting. However, most nutritionists and doctors and everyone who knows anything about science (laughs) essentially agrees that long-term fasting leads to, uh, folks... Gird your loins. Shocker coming here. (laughs) Starvation, dehydration, and death. (laughs) There's plenty of movements and conspiracies and methods of thought that have come and gone, but where did breatharianism start, Andy? Well, Art, the uh, first known records of someone living without food come from Taoist monks in China who subscribe to bi-gu fasting. That's right. Uh, Bi meaning to avoid and gu meaning grains. Uh, many believe grain was a symbol for all food more generally. Okay. Um, but Art, I know that won't work for a devout little Catholic altar boy like you. <laughs> In fact, many Catholic saints, Art, considered breatharianism or inedia as a gift from God. Many, such as St. Lidvina of Shidem, uh, St. Mary Ann de Paredes, St. Nicholas of Flu. St. Theodulus of Edessa all claim to be given the gift of Inedia and could live for months or years on nothing but Holy Communion. So a little body and blood of Christ is all you need. Dabble, do you? Ah, yes. Let's dab on some facts here, Art. (laughs) Uh, Oddly, 
Many of the saints I just listed are the patron saints of preventing illness. Hmm. <laughs> That's not all. Andy, uh, many nuns experienced what we uh, now call anorexia mirabilis, uh, which is a form of anorexia nervosa in which, you know, they wanted to reduce their weight to achieve a holier state. The only the difference between nervosa and, and, and mirabilis is is that the disease is associated with religion and not personal appearance. So it's safe to say that, you know, humans can sometimes have a complicated relationship with food. That's, you know, nothing crazy, resulting in some pretty serious diseases that should not be taken lightly. Right mm-hmm. now, one of the more modern cases of breatharianism was with a German Christian Catholic mystic named Teresa Newman. Now, Newman claimed a number of things, including stigmata. Uh, For the uninitiated, stigmata is a phenomenon in Christian mysticism in which unexplainable wounds manifest on a person corresponding to the wounds Jesus suffered while being crucified. Hey, that's right, Andy. You know, maybe, hey, maybe you were a little altar boy too, huh? (laughs) No, no, Art. I just hung out with a lot of priests as a youth. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Anyway, (laughs) Newman also claimed that from 1923 until her death in 1962, she ingested no food outside of the Holy Eucharist, which, again, for the non-Christians out there, is essentially a small piece of bread or in today's times, it's like a very small coin-sized little like wafer thing. And it's blessed by a priest and it it's meant to represent the the body of Christ. You can Google Christianity if you're into it. Go to YouTube, look up some videos of people taking <laughs> communion. Yeah. They'll um, knock your socks off. Newman's Inedia Inedia claims were put to the test in nineteen twenty seven when she was examined under surveillance at her house by a physician and four Franciscan nurses for 15 days straight. Newman was not observed eating during the test. Her weight at the beginning of the test was 121 pounds, and it dropped to 112 and a half pounds. But on the last day, her weight returned to normal, which created some suspicion that she was somehow sneaking food. Also, she was urinating during the test which, you know, kind of corroborates that she was probably sneaking food and water uh, somehow. Jeez, what is this, Sunday school? Enough with the Catholics already. Sorry. Let's talk about Giribala, the mighty woman saint who allegedly lived without food and water. When Giribala was a young child, she had an insatiable appetite and overate. Art, do not say anything. I I wasn't going to, Andy. Moving on. So when Giribala was nine years old, she was arranged to be married, and at the age of 12, the tender age of 12, she was sent to live with her new husband's family. Her mother-in-law mocked her for her gluttony, mercilessly. So Giri prayed that God would send her the gift of not needing to eat and living off the light alone. She felt, uh, quote, an ecstasy, end quote, and traveled to the Ganges River to take a sacred dip. After she did so... Her master appeared before her, claiming to be sent by God to answer her prayers. From that day forward, Geary would live on light alone. Geary claims she does not eat or drink anything, rarely sleeps, has never been sick, can control her heart rate and breathing, and doesn't shit or piss. (laughs) Damn. 
So since the age of 12, which was in 1880 until her death 56 years later, she claims she lived off of light alone. So listeners, you may be thinking, well, people also practice self-flagellation and use slugs for medical treatment. Surely no one still practices this. Oh, that's where you're wrong. Dear listeners, listeners, when will you learn? (laughs) Dear, sweet, sweet, beautiful listeners. So naive. So naive. Let's go down the rabbit hole, shall we? (laughs) Well, we're going to cover three modern examples of breatharians. Let's start with a man by the name of Wiley Brooks. Oh, let's do. Wiley Wiley Coyote, they call him. (laughs) He's, he's, He's Wiley, all right. Wiley is the head of the Breatharian Institute of America. But before that, he claims he was a recording studio owner who worked with people like Jimi Hendrix. I wasn't able to corroborate any of those facts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Wiley Brooks, uh, to me, a hard person to corroborate facts on, <laughs> if I'm being honest. He claimed he first started experimenting with fasting around the 1970s, and he claims he felt more energetic than ever before. He first kind of busted onto the scene, really, or should I say, exhaled. <laughs> on a TV program in the 1980s called That's Incredible. It was kind of like a Ripley's Believe It or Not type show. Anyway, on the show, Wiley describes all the wonders of breatharianism. He says breatharianism is a philosophy that believes when the human body is in perfect harmony with itself in nature, it is a perfect breatharian. All the constituents we need uh, are, are, are taken from the air. Essentially, every, all the nourishment you need, you can get it from the sun, you can get it from the air. He also likens eating to a habit like smoking or drinking alcohol in that they're you know, not actually necessary. The only thing human beings are necessary, the only necessary thing that humans do in order to live is breathing air. Now, Wiley ran into some controversy in 1983 uh, when he was spotted leaving a 7-Eleven with, with a bunch of junk food including a personal favorite of mine, Twinkies. That's why everyone calls you Twinkie the Kid. That's that's why they call me that. Also the cowboy hat in your... <laughs> I do dress up like... Cindrilical-shaped body. Yeah, and my, uh, my yellowish hue. And, <laughs> and my cream filling. Yeah, your cream filling. Yep. <laughs> Wiley has changed his stance on food over the years, though, right? Mm-hmm. He has stated that he sometimes partakes in a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke exclaiming that or explaining that junk consuming junk food helps add balance to his body in one video in our research uh, he claims that he receives so much energy from the sun that he needs to balance his body out with a cheeseburger and a cola in order to keep his energy levels in line with all of us normies on the planet the rest of us oh and uh and speaking of which Wiley also proclaims many, many things. Uh, he proclaims that there are many different dimensions which operate on various frequencies. For example, we live in the third dimension or 3D and Wiley has the ability to operate in the fifth dimension. And I'm not just talking about that singing group from the 70s. Uh, and Wiley will teach you how to get to the fifth dimension too for the low, low price of $100,000. Oh, uh, and also, McDonald's cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke are the only foods you can eat to help transport you between the third and fifth dimension because, according to Wiley, they are not radioactive. McDonald's is not radioactive. Right. No, n- not... All right, important distinction here. 
It's not that McDonald's is not radioactive. It's that specifically the McDonald's quarter pounder. That's right. And the Diet Coke are not radioactive. <laughs> so you get it. You get your chicken, cheeky McNuggets. Sorry. I can't do it. Sorry, folks. That's radioactive. You're not getting to fifth dimension that way. <laughs> up, up and away in my beautiful, my beautiful double quarter pounder. Wow. For you Fifth Dimension fans out Andy there. Andy has pipes. Uh, that's right, folks. Um, I have pipes. Anyway, uh, Wiley sells many things also, uh, including limited excursions to the Fifth Dimension and, and a so-called elixir of the gods, uh, which is made from the fountain of youth. Uh, that'll only run you $500 to $10 million, depending on the amount you want. Seems fair to me. Yeah. It's a real Peter Popoff type of situation here yeah uh wiley is also a friend of our next breatharian jasmine yes now jasmine was born ellen grieve in 1957 in australia same year as my mom same year as andy's mom according to jasmine's personal timeline that she publishes on her website <laughs> she first began experimenting with vegetarianism at the age of two when so many people are trying to expand their horizons oh, yes. and cut out red meat. Terrible twos. <laughs> At age 14 in 1971, she discovered the languages of light and began periodic fasting three years later. Subsequently, she also discovered her telepathic abilities at this age. So, from this time, you know, 1971-ish, mm -hmm. until 1992... She's dabbling in metaphysics, she's raising a family, you know, getting married, working in finance and computer science, but she retires from that life in 1992, and in 1993, according to her, quote-unquote, underwent the prana initiation to increase her chi flow and began to live on light. And a year later, she began an intensive 14-year research project on divine nutrition and pranic nourishment. Jasmine put her finance background to good use, Art, beginning to sell workshops and seminars on the topic and also legally changed her name from Ellen Grieve to Jasmine. So by the time the Australian 60 Minutes uh, asked to document her as part of a segment, she had amassed a nice following and garnered some controversy. Uh, the Australian 60 Minutes asked Jasmine to demonstrate just how she lives on light. So... She volunteered to be supervised for one week by female security guards and have her health monitored by Dr. Barris Wenk. Uh, they booked her a hotel, and after the first 48 hours, Jasmine displayed symptoms of acute dehydration, stress, high blood pressure. Um, these are all symptoms that check out with the whole, you know, not eating or drinking for two days thing. Yeah. Um, Jasmine, however, was unfazed by this, claiming that it was, quote, polluted air causing her sickness. So on the third day, Jasmine was moved to a mountain retreat 15 miles outside the city. It's roughly 20 kilometers for you uh, Aussies out there. <laughs> That's right. And she was super stoked about it. Well, she would have been if she had any energy. As filming continued, her speech slowed, her pupils were massively dilated, and she had lost over 14 pounds. And you folks, you can see all of this in the video, which is uh, linked in the show notes. But, listeners, you have to commend Jasmine for her unwavering conviction. Very true. By the fourth day, she admitted, yeah, I lost a little weight, but she still claims that she felt fine. But Dr. Wenk wasn't having it. Jasmine's heart rate had doubled, and her dehydration worsened and worsened. 
Dr. Wang concluded that that this experiment was going to be fatal and her kidneys might fail very soon and that, you know, this was all stupid as hell, which those are not her words. <laughs> no, yeah, that was in her official write-up of <laughs> yeah. the, that's in Jasmine Heen's medical files now. And she concluded that, you know, they should stop. 60 Minutes agreed. In the aftermath of the 60 Minutes interview, visitors to Jasmine Heen's residence have stated that her fridge is stocked with food, but... She insists that this food is all for her second husband, Jeff, who, fun fact, Andy, is a convicted fraudster. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> but that's not all. Jasmine also claims that occasionally she'll have a little bit, a little nibble, a little mm. smooch of, of whatever flavor. Just she, a skosh. Just a skosh of whatever flavor of food she's into. So, you know, she might have a little bite of chocolate. Or a little bit of cheesecake or something like that. <laughs> or an entire side of beef. You know, <laughs> yeah, a big rotisserie chicken, a pizza. <laughs> yeah. You know. She states that after you've proven to yourself that you can nourish yourself on light on prana, well, you have nothing left to prove. So go on and satisfy a little taste here and there. Um, Now, Art, she might not be drinking it. But Jasmine has definitely been in some hot water. <laughs> I love a good glass of hot water. Ooh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> Nothing gets me going like a nice glass of scalding hot water. Wow, whoever wrote this script uh, definitely doesn't understand modern day colloquialisms uh, no at all. No way. Uh, yeah. Uh, or colloquialisms in general. <laughs> or what that word means, I yeah. guess. Uh, okay. Um, uh, it's all Bunker's fault. Yeah, this is Bunker wrote this. Uh Multiple of uh, Jasmine's followers uh, have died. As of 2017, there have been five deaths directly linked to Jasmine's publications and breatharianism. One example is Verity Lynn, an Australian woman whose body was found emaciated in a tent in a rural area of Scotland. Among her possessions was a copy of Jasmine's book and a diary explaining her 21-day fast. The four other deaths follow a similar tragic path always pointing back to Jasmine's work. Jasmine herself has, of course, denied any responsibility for the deaths. Jasmine later claimed that she, for the past 14 years, has lived on only 300 calories a day, including liquids, but supplementing her intake with cosmic particles and prana. A little more on prana coming at you later. That's right. Now, our final breatharian is less self-help guru and more spiritual guru. Pralad Jani is an Indian sadhu or, you know, a type of monk in Hinduism who says that he has lived um, without food and water for over 70 years. Breathe your heart out, Giri Bala. He gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, Giri. At the age of 12, Johnny claims that he felt a spiritual experience and became a devout follower of the Hindu goddess Amba, who he believes, provides him all the nourishment he needs. So, since the 1970s, Johnny has lived as a hermit in a cave in India. Now, here comes the interesting part. Johnny was put under intense medical supervision twice. Both times, he this fasting freak flummoxed physicians. Wow. If that's not a headline, <laughs> newspapers, what are you doing? What are you doing? Dr. Shah of the Sterling Hospitals in Ahmedabad, uh, India, first observed Johnny in 2003. For 10 days, Johnny was observed in a sealed room at a hospital. 
While he wasn't observed ingesting anything, Johnny also didn't pass any urine or stool. However, urine did form inside his bladder, according to medical scans. Scandalous. (laughs) Tests confirmed that Johnny was also relatively normal for his age. But over the course of the 10 days, Johnny's weight did drop slightly. Listeners, your jaws are about to drop slightly after this next part. (laughs) Johnny was again observed in 2010 by Dr. Shaw at the same location, this time for 15 days. But this time, Dr. Shaw brought a team of 35 researchers who subjected Johnny to a plethora of medical tests every day. So for 15 days, Johnny was again in the sealed room, but this time there were CCTV cameras as well as personal observation. Johnny's toilet was also sealed during the the observation. The only time he was allowed out of the room was occasionally to sunbathe, but under uh, that was under observation, under supervision, um, and video recording. Uh, The only contact he had with liquid was being allowed to gargle and bathe, again, under supervision. That's right. Um, And they did their best to kind of measure the water levels. Right. To make sure that, you know, he wasn't drinking it. But, again. Right. Continue. Um, So uh, the tests concluded that Johnny was indeed not ingesting food or water as far as they could tell, nor was he shitting or pissing. Medical terms are. That's right. Oddly, Johnny's bladder again produced urine according to the medical tests. However, he never passed the urine. It would seem that he is able to reabsorb his own urine back into his body. Talk about a real piss freak. (laughs) Well, you're in for more. Uh, scientists were baffled by these results, but many have found issues with how the testing was carried out. Obviously, allowing Johnny to take a bath in water and gargle water is a glaring issue, jettisoning out like a massive golden shower. (laughs) Many skeptics claim that the methods used to control Johnny's exposure to the water were insufficient. Furthermore, there were areas of Johnny's room where he was hidden from cameras, and Johnny was also allowed to leave the room occasionally to meet with devotees and sunbathe. But in 2010, scientists from Germany, Austria, and the U.S. have expressed interest in studying Johnny again, and Johnny himself sees piss-interested, interpisted, I'm sorry, he's down to clown. (laughs) Let's just say that. Yeah, that's easier. One explanation for Johnny's phenomenon may be his meditative state. He spends most of his life alone meditating and as a result, lives in a sedentary and stress-free world, so his body requires very little energy, both physically and mentally. Can the mind really bend the body to survive on nothing but air and light? What does religion have to say about all of this? What, what is this pranic nourishment that we keep talking about? Prana is considered a life force, right? Much like chi... Prana is this breath of life. It is energy. It is breath. It is the soul which permeates reality. Prana, uh, in regards to the practice of yoga, is a part of pranayama, uh, which you know is the practice of very specific breath control techniques. In regards to meditation, it can take years of training to achieve the results of a breatharian. In fact, modern-day monks practicing Taoist meditation techniques will be the first to tell you not to attempt bigu, the 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 fasting technique that we brought up earlier, right, right? right? They say it takes a lifetime of training to live off of chi alone. Andy, some might say it takes bigu dick energy 
to accomplish such a feat. Some some do say that. Some might say that. Um, uh, art meditation, uh, on the other hand, is used all over the world as a means of reducing stress and increasing mindfulness, as well as a bunch of other possible health benefits. Is there any scientific evidence, though, to support it? Maybe. But it seems to be growing more and more popular. Many breatharians also believe in a concept of various frequencies that one can be in tune to. They posit that one cannot achieve breatharianism because they are not on the correct frequency. Jasmine herself believes that everything doctors say about nutrition is true when they are talking about the brain anchored at the beta frequency. We, as soon as you, when, uh, well, as soon as you start to meditate and open your life up to uh, pranic nourishment and spirituality, uh, the brain wave patterns change and reveal amazing abilities uh, within the human system. When posed with the question, well, if humans can simply live off the sun, why are there countless starving people across the world? Many breatharians and sun gazers say that learning to achieve this ability is a process. It requires following a systematic protocol of training and meditation and fasting. You know, one example of a religious tradition that involves systematic meditation and dabbles in breatharianism is Jhanism. Jhanism is a ancient Indian religion focused on asceticism and nonviolence and truth. Um, followers believe in ridding themselves of worldly possessions so much that some uh, don't wear and don't possess any clothes and they walk around in the nude. Nice. Um, nice. Some go even further and view possessing and consuming any food as unnecessary and violent. Um, their, their main tenant is nonviolence, right? So they accomplish all this through necessary meditation. Fun fact, uh, one of the Jhanism symbols is the swastika. Wow. Obviously, it holds a different meaning from the Nazi version, but I think it's interesting to point out that a symbol, the same symbol, totally different side of the world, totally different meaning. You're right, Art. That is an incredibly fun fact. I think it's interesting. Um, but hey, Art, um, what do you suppose science has to say about all this uh, breatharianism? I don't know, Andy, but I feel like you're going to tell me. <laughs> well, I am. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty complicated, actually. So, you know, let me see if I can sum it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go into your notes there. Let me check, and see my, if, yeah. let me check my notes here. Uh, let's see. What does science say in some total? Oh, boy. I guess if I could distill it down uh, to a simple precept, I would probably say, um, science says it's a load of bullshit. <laughs> um, does that make any sense? It kind of does. Uh, science says we need food and water to function, period. Our bodies take oxygen and use it to burn up food, a.k.a. glucose, the molecule we break all food down into, and out comes carbon dioxide, water, and energy. Our bodies do the exact opposite of photosynthesis, and that's why trees and plants and uh, shit are our bros. And <laughs> you know what? We fucking coexist real nice with them. And that's and that's a scientific statement. <laughs> that's true. Listeners. Uh, okay, listeners, you may be thinking, damn, humans sure are rad. And we are. We are, but essentially all other living organisms do this as well. Eating food is not a habit for them. You don't eat, you starve and die. And then something else comes along and eats your carcass. And then some British guy makes a documentary about you eating a carcass, the circle of life, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Our bodies can actually deal without food for much longer than water. We are mostly made up of water and we need it to survive. But Andy, what about calories, right? 
You know, we always try to avoid them to watch our delicate figures. I wouldn't know anything about that oh, being a humongous pig. Jeez, we've struck a nerve, listeners. And if you're like me, listeners. Yeah, uh, Adonis of a man. <laughs> very slim and hogged out. Right. You trust the old adage, calories in versus calories out, right? That if you're burning more calories on the way out than, than are coming in, you're going to lose weight. Yeah. And you, you listened to this when you were trying to bulk up in the summer of 2012 while powerlifting and going to improv shows with your friend Andy. Just as an example, Just, this doesn't relate to any real people who might be in the bunker right now currently <laughs> with me. Anyway, in a 1973 experiment published in Nature, the International Journal of Science, some researchers came to this conclusion. We believe that the energy requirements of man and his balance of intake and expenditure are not known. Paradoxically, we conclude from um, from this from these results of the increasingly sophisticated studies of food intake and energy expenditure, which show that in any group, 20 or more subjects with similar attributes and activities, food intake can vary as much as twofold. Now, calories and and the energy they energy they produce could wildly vary in people. In fact, many skeptics point to the calorie as an outdated measurement, right? Caloric intake was first devised by Wilbur Atwater and Francis Benedict in a series of metabolic experiments that kind of ended up likening the human body to a combustion engine. But does that still hold up? A scientist named Dr. Paul Webb attempted to re-examine Wilbur and Benedict's calorie theory in the 1960s with more modern methods of measurement. His results found that there was a discrepancy between the theoretical amount of energy produced by our metabolism and the actual measurable amount. This discrepancy was up to 23%, meaning that in some of the test subjects, science had no explanation for the extra 23% of energy, right? Perhaps, mm -hmm. according to breatharians, these subjects were gaining energy from pranic sources. Um, art consciousness scientist Dean Radden offers this expl explanation. We eat animals and plants because they are a convenient way of taking the coherent energy of the sun. We are getting that energetic nutrient when we eat them. He also describes an experiment which helped him reach this conclusion. A random sample of subjects were given regular pieces of chocolate and another random sample were given pieces of chocolate, which was preyed on slash meditated on by Tibetan monks who influenced the chocolate with the idea that whoever eats this chocolate will feel much happier and more energetic. Questionnaire results at the end of this experiment indicate that whoever received the Tibetan blessed chocolate did indeed feel happier and more energetic than those who received the regular chocolate. He believes that this indicates the power of human consciousness as an influencer and, if taken to the extreme, such as with Bigu, monks, or breatharians, it may be entirely possible to influence your own nourishment from light and air. So listeners, what do you think? Do we really need food and water to live? Can we live off the light? Can we live off of nourishment of a higher power or the life force around us? I don't know. Perhaps philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said it best when he said, There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true.
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art and Andy. Hey, listeners. Um, just wanted to let you guys know that we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. So if you feel so inclined, feel free to email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Send us your, your feedback. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us stories about... Send us conspiracy theories that you want us to um, talk about on the show. Right, Andy? Yeah, right. Um, if you don't like email, hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. Tweet at us. Tweet us your live reactions to the podcast as you That's, listen to it. Yeah. Tweet us your personal feelings about anything. Really? Uh, or anything that's covered in the podcast. Uh, that's true. Tweet at us uh, photos of your last vacation. Tweet at us <laughs> whatever you feel like. We'd love to interact with you. We love interaction. And speaking of which, if you're in, you've been enjoying the show, uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank and you Mr. for listening. Bunker truly appreciates it. If you feel so inclined, and I know a lot of podcasts say this, but it truly does help us out, leave us a review. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Even if you hate it. Even if you hate it. I mean, preferably you'll like it, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, fair is fair. If fair you hate is, it, you hate it. And right. I'm not going to judge your reaction to that. <laughs> but especially, I mean, if you forget to rate it and you hate it, that's okay. You don't have to rate it if you hate it. But if you love it, rate it. Rate we it. Would, that would be great. <laughs> it would be great. It truly helps us out. And you know what? Let's not take up any more of your time. Let's get back in all that hard-hitting action. On Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Thanks, listeners. Bye bye. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research into the movement of. Let's let's all take a deep breath. That was breatharianism. I think Faith Hill said it best. Art, just breathe. Was that Faith Hill? That's Faith Hill. Was it that song? Breathe. That's Faith Hill. Oh, I thought it was somebody else. Well, who'd you think? Just breathe. It's 4 a.m. and I'm still awake. Can you jump me unravel my latest mistake? I don't love him. Winter just wasn't my season. That's a different song. Okay. Well, you can gather cars like cars on a cable and lives like an hourglass glued to the table. Hard to find the rewind button now. So cradle your head in your hands and breathe. Just breathe. You ever heard that song? Yeah, I've heard that song. <laughs> well, that's gonna that's gonna bother me now. Now we now listeners, if you know the name of that song, <laughs> um, I think it's just breathe. Breathe. Uh, to a breathe. Parentheses, 2 a.m. That's it. Ananatic. That's that's the song. Ananatic. Okay. Ananatic, notable breath area. jump the track. We like cars on it's a It's a great cable. song. Yeah. Ananatic, get at us. Ananatic, we know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think of the 
the cast. Uh, send us your experiences with breatharianism. We'll get you on the show. All right, Andy. Hmm? Blanket statement. Let's let's get some general thoughts on breatharianism okay. out of the way. Let me hear you. What are you thinking? Um. Well. Um. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Okay. <sighs> Can I say just something sort of holistic? Initially, fucking lay your chakra on me, bro. Okay. Uh, Give me the chakra. All right. I'm yeah. <laughs> the chakra. <laughs> yeah. You get it. One uh, in the. <laughs> Two in the pink, one in the stink. One you know in the third that? eye. Yeah, <laughs> one in the third eye, one in the the bussy. <laughs> uh, listeners and art. Um, I, you know what I I think that uh, breath and area, breath arianism is kind of uh, kind of an interesting thing um, because I do have this feeling that um, like just air on its own is insufficient for your nutrition. Uh, to keep you alive at a high functioning level. But let me say this, depending on your lifestyle, you maybe don't need to eat or drink that much. I'll agree with that. I was really ready to come into this at just being like, this is the fucking dumbest, yeah. stupidest bullshit I've ever heard. And I think 80% of it is. But sure, I don't disagree that maybe that, that there are certain nutritional benefits to getting fresh clean air and getting sunlight and that maybe that humans are different that the idea that you know the 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 metabolic rates are just kind of a general guideline our bodies are different yeah our bodies are wildly different some people like you know i had friends who in college we all you know got a bunch of my friend group just got into weightlifting cuz you know you know we all wanted wanted to always look fucking Thick and swole and fucking jacked and yoked out, you know. Right. So the mm-hmm. wrong with looking like that. And in college, a lot of I think a lot of people start getting into lifting because it's readily available. Most colleges, most universities have some kind of gym mm-hmm. that students get access to. Yeah. Um, regardless, I, I would have friends who fucking took their diet not very seriously, and uh, you know they would drink heavily, and it didn't matter. They could still fucking gain weight, and were always stronger. Yeah. It didn't matter that I sat there and slaved away eating fucking chicken breasts and spinach and clean bulked and lifted my heart out and it, I just couldn't put on weight as much as them. Yeah. Our I think our there's different body types. I've always subscribed to that that there's ectomorphs, mesomorphs, endomorphs. I don't know how much of that is actually based in science or is like bro science, but I have a low metabolism, and, yeah. and yet you call me a pig every chance you get. I mean, it's just more about your like your your lifestyle. Your prana is very pig like. <laughs> yeah, the energy, the aura that you give off, Andy. <laughs> if you were to get tested, they would be like, "This is very similar to a pig's energy." I radiate pig energy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Andy. Pigs are very smart. An- yeah, creatures. Sh- like you should. It's no wonder I'm your best friend. <laughs> You love pigs. I love pigs. You know, I, I think I've had a thirty-minute <laughs> orgasm. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't even know where to start, Andy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of like I guess I just want to pose the idea, like you know, is it is breatharianism any way to fucking live? Yeah, it's a way. But like they. You know, and a lot of them, I, I agree, a lot of them are like, well, 
this is how I live. This is what works for me. You can try it yourself and find what works for it's kind of like, okay, whatever. That like, was your Jasmine impression. Yeah, you know, it's like you're, you're not giving this shit away for free. Right. You're fucking selling $10,000 trips to the fifth dimension and you're, right. you're selling all these seminars. If you really, like, you don't, you're a consumer. Yeah. You're a consumer just like we are. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you're a virus on this planet. <laughs> Yeah, you're draining the resources still. Um, you're just you're just more ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah, you just feel worse about it. You know. Plus, you know, I think the thing that's sort of been revealed about a a number of the you know the high profile breatharians is that they don't actually just no live off. I mean, they eat no, they and that's the fucking. Thing. It's like like if they're like, well, I have a little bit of food here and there, and I have water with fruit juice it's like then you're not a fucking breatharian yeah yeah i can't call myself a veggie like you know i'm a vegetarian (laughs) but you know every now and again i eat an entire pig like i'll i'll I'll, (laughs) i've swallowed rotisserie chickens whole before but it's only i'll eat meat sometimes when i'm drunk and i also eat fish but i'm a vegetarian it's like no you're not yeah you're not a vegetarian you're an omnivore still i'm a good person but I don't know. If my friends are out murdering, I'll murder. <laughs> I might do some murder too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't need I'm murder. I'm a good person though. I've advanced beyond the point where I need murder to live. <laughs> so if I do it, it's okay because I know I don't need to. Yeah. I, yeah. I've already proven to myself that I don't have to murder. So that if I do, if I if I want to go ahead and do a little murder in here and there, just so you're doing a little bit of serial killing. Oh, look, I didn't smoke <laughs> cigarettes for 15 years. So if I smoke eight packs a day now, I'm allowed to because I proved that I could do it. That's exactly true. And I think some people might say like, well, that's really harsh looking at it. So like it's two sides of a coin, but it's kind of like, that's how it is. Like I can't call myself, I can't call myself a teetotaler if, if I have a drink every now and again, I can't call myself like, yeah, like. Like, I don't smoke cigarettes if I have a cigarette every night. You might not be a pack-a-day smoker, but you're still, you still smoke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And it's sort of like, it's like, well, then you're not really living off of just air and light. Right. They And this is true for so many of them, not just the ones that we pointed out in the research, the ones I watched in the documentary that I'll link to, um in the research and, and, and in many of the other ones is that they'll say stuff like this, Andy, where they go, when I'm out in the country, oh, it's so clean and fresh, the air. I'm able to just frolic freely through the flowers and I, I'm one with nature and I, yeah. <laughs> I'll i go bathe in a stream. Yeah. <laughs> and I can, the, the, the pranic energy is so um, strong there. But if I go into the city, oh my God, I, I feel the need to supplement it with the leader of soy milk. They all fucking say soy milk. Every single one of them says soy milk. It's like... <laughs> you can't milk a soybean. Yeah, well, regardless, they they it's, all say this. bean water. Let's call it what it is. It's bean water. Legume water. Give me some of that fucking bean water. Bean water. Aquafaba. Yeah, this is pinto milk. <laughs> got some pinto milk with... Uh, it's got infused with bacon flavor. <laughs> bacon flavored pinto milk. <laughs> 
Goes God. great on cereal. Oh, the the juice at the bottom of a can of like that's all it is of uh yeah. of uh like black beans or yeah pinto the beans leavings from a canned bean. Some um, people say that you should put that into stuff for flavor, and then others say always wash the beans. Uh, that stuff is gross. What yeah. do you think? I'm kind of uh, I think it depends on what you're doing with the beans. Right. Uh, I don't have a problem with it uh, being in your food. I don't think that it's so gross because um, you know actually the. The stuff that uh, is left behind in a can of chickpeas is called aquafaba. Yeah. And it is a near perfect substitute for egg whites for vegans. That's interesting. You told me about that the other day. Yeah, it's wild. Um, But like I said, you know, they'll all say that. If I go into the city, oh, I'm sorry. It's just... There's, it's too polluted. That it's was too the crowded. whole thing in the 60 Minutes with, yeah. with Jasmine is that she said that 60 Minutes sabotaged the test by putting her in this Brisbane uh, hotel where yeah. she was, the air was like poison. So, so what are we supposed to do? We're not, none of us can live in cities. We're just right. all supposed to move and go live like in the country. Like, yeah. where's, how are we supposed to fucking live? You can't, this isn't for everybody. That's what I'm saying. Like, if this is a this... very elite uh, <laughs> kind of. This is this is an elitist That's type insane. of of lifestyle. Like there's that one guy who could, you know this guy, he's like that Danish dude or whatever, he can survive in sub-zero temperatures through meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mutant freak guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's a mutant. He's a cool freaky mutant. I he's... think it's cool. But it's like it's like okay dude, that's super cool. You can survive in cool temperatures and stuff. That's neat. I can put on a jacket. <laughs> and I can go eat tacos in San Diego. Like who wins? Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> Yeah, I can go. I can go fucking like eat tacos on the beach. You're slurping fucking seal blubber. Well, yeah, I think this in is, an igloo in your underwear. This is a good point too. Who's Art. getting the most out of life? This is a good point, and I think uh, I'm not trying to disparage cool freaky mutants. Right, we love them. <laughs> we want them. Yeah, we dig them. <laughs> um, but everybody, everybody's you know, the, there's a wide. We've already said it. There's a wide array of uh, human bodies and human conditions. It's like um, there are probably some people who are successful breatharians, like like the Johnny, like Johnny. Yeah, like but he's, he's probably just yeah. a person who, like we said in the script, he's got a sedentary lifestyle. He meditates all day. He lives yeah. alone. Right. That's not that's not sustainable for anyone. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, nothing would ever be accomplished. Anywhere. And look at have you. You know, you look up pictures of that guy. His eyes are dilated as fuck. Yeah. His pupils are huge. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he probably has a certain, you know, specific biochemistry that just allows, you know, he has like a very, uh, I don't know, efficient body in that sense that he's a piss freak. He can, yeah, he can, he can reabsorb piss back into his body. Right. Allegedly. Yeah. He, and you know, some people drink their own urine for, yeah. you know, sustenance if they're like on a survival thing like he doesn't need to do that his body just does it right and you know so okay it's cool that he can do that maybe yeah we study it try and figure it out it could be helpful for like astronauts i guess i don't know I think there could be we never you know here's the thing about here's the thing about science are you you study you study things that seem interesting because you never know what the application is going to be right like, uh, they learned about human mating rituals from studying duck mating rituals, like the shape of duck vaginas. Which are like a maze. Yeah. And their penises are like corkscrews. Like ducks. ducks like yours and ours. Like ducks evolve, like, you know, women, ducks, female ducks keep evolving like defenses against male duck penises. 
So it's like it's you learn about what you learn about human evolution from that when you wouldn't think you would. <laughs> That's true. And I I'm not trying to disparage studying this stuff. I think I think most of these breatharians are fake. I think they're frauds. I think Johnny okay. is the only one that I looked at that I said, you know, that dude might actually fucking live on like I don't do I think that he lives on no water, no food? No. He's I'm not convinced of that. I think he lives on the like a minuscule amount of food and somehow he's getting water. Yeah. I I do I don't I don't buy that. I just don't buy it. Yeah. That's fair. Um he apparently has some weird hole in his palate. Um so maybe that has something to do with it. Like he could breathe in water and then it goes through the hole. I don't know. You have to look that up. It's hard to find information on him. Um it's not as readily available when you're a hermit in a cave. <laughs> um yeah, But you know his, what I'm saying? It's like all these other ones where's like, his well, web presence. I I drink water with fruit juice. It's like, well, what is fruit juice? That's fucking glucose. You know? And you're getting that shit and you're converting it into CO2. Your your organs excrete water. Yeah. And then you get energy. Yeah. This, you know, I don't know. What do you make of that? I, I agree with you. I think I'm I think, rambling. I think that, that Johnny is like the only person that they've stutter, studied in a kind of like modern setting where But even then, holes, major holes in the in the yeah, research. Yeah, there are some there's some flaws, but he can gargle water? What the fuck? But you know, it's like he 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 was relatively healthy through the whole thing. That's true. You know, so it's like I mean blood test, full body CT scans, heart monitoring. Like you would expect whole nine yards. You know, so this this tells me that if at the very least this is a person who's well conditioned to living without eating for long yes. periods of time. But his entire life, he is like he is on par with like fucking Usain Bolt or an astronaut. Yeah. Or any kind of modern athlete where it's like LeBron James, where it's like your physiology, your entire life has been to become a yeah. great basketball player. Right. Like this dude from the age of 12 has been fucking fasting yeah. and training and preparing and meditating to live on like probably less than 200 calories or something. That's that's true. It's not like he just woke up one morning and he was like he was like, "Man, I'm 35, like I'm just going to stop eating." It's like, "Man, fuck. This food shit." Like he just had like a really bad burger one day and he's just like, "Fuck this, man." He's like, he's like "Damn. Last night that was the worst entire rack of ribs, <laughs> baked potato, uh, custard-filled cornbread, and uh, an entire cherry pie that I've ever eaten in my whole life. And it was the worst two bottles of wine I've ever had. Like, why am I even eating? What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I ate an entire quiche for breakfast. What's the point? <laughs> I'm just going to stop eating. Um. You know, and you look at some people like you look at the opposite direction. Why are people like Hunter S. Thompson? How, why, how did he live so long? Yeah. How does a guy like that who literally did drugs every day of his adult life? Yeah. It was part of his routine to snort cocaine, smoke weed, drink whiskey, smoke cigarettes. And he also slept for like four hours and only stayed up during the night. Right. How does that guy live until he's like fucking 80 something? Uh, you There's know, no reason that guy should be alive. Um, same difference, different side of the spectrum. 
listeners, by now you know this. Um, if you're new to the show, I'm a big Beach Boys fan. <laughs> uh, Brian Wilson's one of those people where it's like, yeah, like you kind of have this medical opinion that he was either going to die young or he's going to live for a long time. Because yeah. like there's no Keith Richards. Yeah, Keith well, you know Keith Richards does. Well he's he gets yeah, all he's a vampire. Blood, he gets all of his blood changed. He's a vampire, yeah. He's like well regardless when did he I wouldn't st- I wouldn't say he's a vampire. I would he's say more, he's a vampire. He's more like uh he's more like a car. Let's save this. He has, let's he has save this oil. for our episode on vampires. Okay. I would say I have strong opinions on vampires. Okay? okay. I'd say Keith Richards is more like a car though. Modern day vampire. He's, um, he's a car. He's a modern he's a virus. Uh, he has all of his fluids removed. He's a pirate vampire, Andy. And I'm I'm not I'm He's done. Euron Greyjoy. Oh God! Don't get me fucking started. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, like he's. He, I mean, th- Euron probably has to be a fucking breatharian to survive how he teleports across the fucking map. Anyway. Yeah, can't stop to eat. Um, <laughs> it's the same. I mean, it's the same thing though. It's like there are outliers in the general bell curve of human beings. Some people just are genetic freaks who, you know, can fucking survive. Yeah. Does that mean that one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to fucking change my name to Sog Paneer and fucking like start claiming that I have all these powers and I'm telepathic and I can fucking, I'm going to start selling all these books and shit. I'm going to say I have the power to lay eggs and swallow things whole into my tummy with my long stretchy tongue. And then a small Italian man rides me around like a, like a horse. Am I going to say that? But I have green skin. Maybe you'll say that. I don't. I don't know. That's kind of. It's kind of what it's like. I mean, these all sound like things that might come out of your mouth. That I'm Yoshi. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. You do have a minor in Japanese, so mm, it's true. What do you make of all this, Andy? Do you think it's dangerous pseudoscience? Do you think it's dangerous that these people like Jasmine and Wiley Brooks are spouting off this shit? Because um, I I separate them from Johnny. Johnny doesn't didn't doesn't come out and say, "Hey guys, buy my buy my book on tape." <laughs> right, and we're all like, "Johnny, no one's using book on tape anymore." We all have like <laughs> Audible and podcasts, yeah. and he's like, "Wow, fuck, I've been in a cave. Uh, I got just bunches of cassettes. You gotta <laughs> buy them or not." <laughs> he comes back like ten years later. He's like, "Guys, CDs. Buy my book on CDs." We're like, "Dude, we're fucking downloading shit from the cloud into our VR brains." <laughs> All right, get it on Napster. Is that they're still around? Um, I yeah, who the fuck put my books on LimeWire? <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park Johnny exe. <laughs> um, I do think that in some ways it's dangerous. I do. Um, because, but it's also, I don't know. It's also a caveat emptor. Uh type of situation listeners i just want to take a moment to applaud andy and how fucking smart he is thank you thank <laughs> he you is everybody. a smart smart pig i deserve that compliment <laughs> and now what does that, that word mean buyer beware mm. um, okay that's the the latin you're tr- you're saying that like people should know not to fucking At the same time i can't help but feel like this shit preys on the already weak it does for sure. I mean, it it uh, the old maxim of fool and his money are soon separated. Like, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that these people are fools, but I mean, at the end of the day, what are they really looking for? They're looking for some 
some type they're looking for something and probably a lot of it is spiritual and i think that's kind of how i mean that's obviously how jasmine and wiley brooks are selling this is that it's a very spiritual thing rather than like a lifestyle thing like a dietary thing um although i think that that probably has a lot of appeal to some people also so there's like kind of these dual interests of uh humans that are forefront in our minds our health and our spirituality yeah and this stuff is tailor-made for people who have concerns about that, and it's it's dangerous. It's like every self-help kind of guru people right. out there, you know? Yeah. and It's lo- the same thing as, like, uh, these these megachurch preachers. You know, yeah, exactly. And, and l- Speak in tongues, I'll heal your cancer, you know, don't go get medical help, we'll pray on you. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears> if you had, like, a radical, like, weird diet pill, before you could sell it as that to people, you'd have to go through all this testing and stuff. And Well, the supplement industry, you don't have to go through much. You right. can sell anything as a supplement. Yeah. You and I could make a supplement right now, package it up real fucking nice, call it uh, Andy Cream and uh, Art Toxins, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we could package it up. Full fuck, full fucking male vitality from you and I. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's all you want to get it it's from. Just it's all how to make your boner long and strong, folks. <laughs> and if there's two dudes who are hogged out and know how to make your boner long and strong, it's it's us. And your clit full and fucking ready to rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's us, dudes. Yeah, we'll mess with your hormones so bad they'll never go back. <laughs> we're a virus. Yeah, yeah, we're a computer virus for your body. Uh, I guess you're right. But I mean, these the the claims that they make don't have to be evaluated. But I think that they do have a decent defense in the fact that they say that they're not advocates for people to just stop eating. It's about a process. Um, the Jasmine one is that you basically have to go seven days without eating or drinking, right? Which is dangerous. It is dangerous. That's medically dangerous, and a lot of people mm-hmm. fail, and then they wonder why they fail, and they start these little support groups. And then uh, all the support groups say the same thing, where they all kind of talk about how they all eventually went back to eating. Right. Like a, like a habit, like an addiction. Right. Um, but I guess you're right. You do. You hate to defend people like this because, I don't know, I look at it as pseudoscience in the it's, same way that I look at chiropractors. It's a, it's a murky, it's a murky territory. I mean, yeah, chiropractors like. They're quacks. I'll, it's, it's quackery. But a lot of people swear by it. Yeah. You know, and it's like... They shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but like, you know, this is kind of the same thing where it's like people people sh- should... Um, people do need to understand what they're getting into. Like they, they kind of jump blindly without doing any of the prerequisite research uh, in order to understand where they're going, you know? I mean... In that 60 Minutes interview, which is great, by the way, listeners, you definitely should watch that one. Oh, yeah. The uh, the reporter there is just brutal. Oh, he like, fucking, he, he goes at her hard. coming hard. Yeah. He he's, he's like, you're a sick cunt, <laughs> Jasmine, eh? He's like, you, this is. Uh, <laughs> you're a sick cunt, eh? Oh, mate, crikey. Let's go do some pingas. Let's go do some pingas. Um, she, I'm on Smoko. Give me a break. I'm on Smoko. I'm on smoke break. Give me a break. I'm Australian. Sorry, that's our the Australian to our Australian listeners. Australian. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, uh, she, 
you know, he kind of like comes at her pretty hard about it. Like says, you're, you're, I'm compl- a bogan. You're <laughs> a data Shaza. As my listeners, I wish, I wish you could see Art's face. For some reason, Arr. when he's Australian, he peels his lips back and exposes all of his teeth. Arr, arr, arr. Bogans are apparently the um, Australian equivalent of like a redneck. Oh. I think. Yeah. Oh. Okay, then. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. Hmm. I think I kind of lost my train of thought now. Put her in the ute. Hey, welcome to Mr. Bunker's Australian slang Put podcast. Put him in the ute. Got a ute. G'day, mate. How are you? Crikey. <laughs> Put him in the ute. <laughs> um, Andy. <laughs> Go ahead, Art. You know, I think... Do we maybe need to look for ways to become less of a consumer society? Sure. Do we need to look for alternatives to feed this growing population? Does breatharianism kind of answer some of those claims? Well, people don't need to eat anymore. It's kind of like, you know, okay. I think there's alternatives like lab-grown meat, bug protein. I'll never do it, but vegan options. Um, These are all other options. They are. You know? I I don't think that breatharianism is a good option because, like we've already discussed, for most people, breatharianism is not going to be something that they can do. You can't you can't go work a manually uh, a physically demanding job. How and could you ever be a football player? Yeah, yeah, you could never. They all you, claim that they're so energetic, but then it's like you could never work in manufacturing. <clears throat> like if you work on an assembly line, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do that. They claim that things like computers, because of the frequencies given off by computers, you can't. So what the fuck am I supposed to do all day? <laughs> right. Wear long, flowy clothes and frolic? Like, yeah. I want to do that, but no one's going to pay me to do that, Andy. I'm not going to pay you. No. I don't want to see that. The listeners might. Listeners, pay art. <laughs> pay up. Pay up. You owe us. Um, And then it's kind of like, you know, if breatharianism was this thing that people have always done then why did early humans invent tools well i think it gets back to that thing that it's not everybody that was doing it you know? well they they go back and forth they say it's this ancient tradition and there's millions of you know millions of people that have always done it it's kind of like well which is it you know there probably are but i mean i don't think that that's like that's not a significant portion of the overall human population over time in one of the documentaries that I watched, which, eh, listeners, if you want to watch it, you can. It was six bucks. You have to watch it on Vimeo. Whatever. Six bucks. For research, I, I watched it. It's called uh, In the Beginning There Was Light. Um, One of the people that they look at is this doctor. He's an actual medical doctor. And he starts to become a breatharian. And so they're interviewing him with his wife. And they're kind of like, well, what do you guys do when you eat dinner? The wife's like, well, I eat like a normal meal and he just sits there and we talk and we have a normal meal. Yeah. It's kind of like, that's so like, what would you do one day if Amanda came home? (laughs) It's like, oh, hey, Um, I don't eat anymore. I live off the air and the light. I'd be like, you're still going to cook though, right? (laughs) Right? You still need to cook, though, right? <laughs> and she's like, ah, I don't really need to anymore. I guess I will for you. 
I'll be like, damn straight. <laughs> hey, speaking of Amanda. That's right. She weighed in on this topic. Your wife is a nutritionalist and a... Uh, a uh, Personal trainer. Person, that's the word I'm looking for. A uh, certified personal trainer. That's right. Um, here's what she had to say. Let's hear what she had to say. Regarding breatharianism. While it is possible to take in calories through breathing, particularly from degraded proteins and some carbohydrates, it is generally not enough to sustain life, especially for periods lasting longer than a few weeks. Breatharianism is not something that would work long term as you cannot breathe in vital nutrients like vitamins, minerals, and fats. The amounts of protein and carbohydrates you can breathe in are still not enough to sustain healthy brain function. You would have greatly reduced immune function and metabolic function, and even with intermittent meditative, then even with intermittent meditative fasting. Research does not currently support fasting any longer than a few days, although it's likely possible for a uh, practice breath- breatharian in the right conditions to survive for multiple weeks. Okay, that's that's the statement. She kind of she kind of is echoing what we sort of said, which is that. Certain people under certain circumstances can do this. With the right amount of background efforts yes. put in. Yes. But in general, fucking Joe Blow, uh, who works, <laughs> a, works a fucking finance job downtown and then takes the train home to uh, Wrigleyville, where he lives, can't do this. If I stopped eating tomorrow, I'm. it's, it's Sunday... If I stop eating on Monday, I'm easily dead by Thursday. <laughs> easily. Easily. <laughs> so easy to kill this guy. Uh, what, somebody. Somebody shoot me. <laughs> uh, not that hard in Chicago. Um, Amanda did say this thing, too, that uh, people can live uh, longer than... They think than like you would think on just water. Yeah, like if you had just water, you could you could live longer than you think on just water. It's not like having just water isn't the same as having no food and no water. Yes, water. You fucking need water. Right. We are seventy percent water or some shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, which I thought was interesting because it's like you kind of don't think about water as being really nutritious. But it does a lot of things in your body. Flushes out those kidneys. Yeah. And so, I mean, it performs a lot of vital functions. So even if you were getting a little bit of water every day, like you would probably be able to live a lot longer than if you if you completely abstained from water and food entirely. And that's the thing. A lot of them drink fluids. Right. Very rare do you find one that doesn't drink fluids and doesn't eat. They all drink fluids in some capacity. Hey, you know what I found interesting? What? Uh, I was on that website that's that's linked in the research, the breatharian.info website, where it's like kind of got that in- information on breatharianism. Uh, yeah, that's not Wiley Brooks's website, right? Right, which is breatharian.com. Right. Might I add, just a side note. <laughs> yeah, we, should we talk about Wiley? Well, we will, but let I want to get to your point. But I just want to okay. say Wiley might be a little off the beaten path. He might okay. be a little off his off his rocker. Okay. And the sun, he might stare at the sun for hours on end and right. 
and it might have destroyed his eyes, but hey, Andy, hasn't destroyed his eye for design. Great website. <laughs> Wiley Brooks has a fantastically easy to use, well thought out, like great website. Wow. I was so impressed. Jasmine, fucking terrible website. Yeah. Fucking get it, Wiley, dude. <laughs> Folks. Yeah, you, you didn't put that finance and computer science to good use, Jasmine. I'm calling you out. Shit website. Folks, if you want. Wiley to, Brooks, fabulous website. If you website. want a good website, uh, ask Wiley Brooks to design it for you. Um, yeah, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I thought that that website was interesting, though, the breatharian.info, because it, uh, it, had a, it had a very, what I feel like is a specific list where it was like, sure, some breatharians may from time to time enjoy uh, a bite of a bite of cheesecake or <laughs> a piece of chocolate or um, a, I don't know what it said, but it was like a bowl of ice cream, a cup of soup, uh, <laughs> uh, a piece of cheesecake. A nibble of or, zucchini, <laughs> uh, you know. And then it said horseradish. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 are they just sitting, breatharian, is this like a thing with breatharian, they're just sitting around eating raw horseradish? Jeez, I gotta, I gotta tell you, you know, I gotta tell you, Sogpaneer, I've been really struggling with my breatharianism, you know, I just, can't stop eating horseradish. Well, have you had any horseradish? You know, I haven't any. I've been eating uh, cheesecake and chocolate and other sweets. Didn't think to take a big old spoonful of horseradish. Hey. Well, there's your problem right there. Go dig that root up from the ground and just <laughs> munch on it. <laughs> Delicious horseradish. Jeez. Uh, I just thought that that was like a very interesting addition because I love horseradish. Yeah. I'll be honest. I love it. I think it's great. You you go wild. You listeners don't know this, but I know this because I know you. Um, Andy goes wild for like intense flavors like he loves strong onion flavor strong garlic strong horseradish horseradish <laughs> horseradish <laughs> i had allergies um you know about six months ago i was having a lot of allergies no really and uh and i've never really had like allergy symptoms before um and one thing that uh that really helped was uh horseradish because hmm. it'll just like opens up those sinus passages Woo, and it clears it out baby Woo. it's a rush yeah i had some strong mustard before uh coming to the bunker getting captured in the bunker <laughs> yeah you were just eating mustard i had a cubano oh okay good with some strong <laughs> mustard on it and uh Woo, cleared up my sinuses that was my favorite wrestler growing up strong mustard <laughs> <laughs> my, i liked colonel ketchup my favorite senator Strong mustard. <laughs> so much better than Strom Thurmond. Yeah, um, I heard Strong Mustard uh, murdered somebody in the pantry with a pipe wrench. Yeah, good I heard they... Clue? Yeah, I heard they, they solved it because they got a good clue. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um... <clears throat> Andy, what else did I want to ask you? Um, I don't know. I'm not inside your brain. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the science of the calorie mm -hmm. is interesting. Does it point to 
pranic energy and consciousness. You know what? I really got to talk to Bunker because I'm sick of getting these. Anything that relates to consciousness or this weird area of conspiracy where it's like new agey consciousness, penal gland, we're all one. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. They, they, there's this like third eye stuff, DMT, like simulate simulation theory was like this where it's just get... It starts off, you think it's one thing. You're like, oh, ha, 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 goofy breatharians. Ha, 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 ha. And all of a sudden, it divulges into this, like, experiment on consciousness. And it's like, we're all one in this in this universe. And we're all our auras. And I'm like, holy fuck. It gets way too heady. I think you're getting a message from Bunker here. Yeah, I know. I need to, we need to, like, chill you need out. To, you need to think about your consciousness. I don't want to. I want to tune out. He knows that I'm tuned in, that I'm attuned to myself. I'm not. You think I'm not attuned to myself? I don't I don't know. You don't fit into the world. Do I need to start having like my uh five fifth dimension words that I should chant to myself yeah. every day, like uh Wiley Brooks says? Yeah, you should. What do you think are my words? Um Ha. That could be one. Ha. ha. <laughs> Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Squatty potty. So, so far you've got Haj, ha. Lego. Gotta say it like that. Ha. Yeah, there you go. Lego. Squatty potty. <laughs> Give me what's, what's the next one? Pop tart. <laughs> Pop tart. Oh baby. Is <laughs> that my chant? Yeah. Ha. Lego. Squatty potty. Pop-Tart. Oh, baby. <laughs> Folks, I can see Art Ooh. ascending the astral planes. I'm ready. Speak. Yeah, I'm ready. I feel my aura is uh, growing. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not my aura. <laughs> <laughs> it's his ego. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> my ego waffle. Twist. Um, yeah, you know, the science stuff, it didn't impress me much. Call me Michelle Branch. Um, mm, Shania Twain. Fuck, you're right. I had Michelle Branch on the mind. Boy, I we love to sing Michelle Branch. I Andy. love female country artists, apparently. <laughs> Shania Twain. It don't impress me much. Because um, I think, you know, like when I was a kid, the food pyramid, the biggest part of it was grains. Here's the real question. Who built that food pyramid? Yeah, what fucking dummy built that food pyramid? I mean. They were wrong. I mean, was it? <laughs> Do we really think that humans built the food pyramid? Ouch. <laughs> we, would have a diff- we would have a hard time, even with modern technology, constructing a food pyramid. And we're supposed to believe that ancient human beings did this? You're saying some kind of... Uh, there may have been extraterrestrial Some kind of extraterrestrial food yeah. pyramid. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Panunaki? Pan- the Panunaki sauce? Yeah. <laughs> Panunoki. Yeah, the Panunoki. <laughs> live on uh, Nigiribu. <laughs> nibble brew. Yeah, nibble brew. Um, but when I was a kid, the food pyramid grains the biggest part, and that was healthy. Yeah. Right? Right. And now it's like a weird, it's like a pyramid amoeba. <laughs> I don't think it exists anymore. Yeah, I don't think, I think. Uh, Do you know what it is now? No, I don't know, to be honest with you. But mm. I mean, I know that. But the, people stay away from grains now. A, yeah, I mean, it depends. 
Even five years ago, the idea of doing a keto diet was fringe. Now? Very mainstream. Very mainstream. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, it's like the, the the thing that gets kind of uh, accentuated now in the the food pyramid is that it's it's all part of a, rather than it being like a building block type of thing, it's all about like the quality of the thing that you eat, right? And like the, the attributes of the thing that you eat. Um, so it's like they've increased, I think, the number of fruits and vegetables like that. Like those would be more on the foundational level now as opposed to being like a tear up from grains. Right. And raw food believers love that, that the idea that you should eat food as raw as possible. You know, uh, honestly. Covered in goddamn dirt. <laughs> yeah. I I don't get raw food. And you know what? Actually, um, you know, cooking helps bring out nutrients in some foods. Like it some helps foods, yeah. makes some foods like. Like tomatoes, for example, a cooked tomato is more nutritious than a raw tomato. Yeah. And I mean, I think I am with them on like, you should try and eat like if you have the means, eat organic, seasonal, local, blah, 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 blah. Locally grown organic. I, organic. Blah, blah, I mean, blah, 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 I think organic, I'll be honest. Uh, it's here's a, a conspiracy. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's just a way to get you to spend more money. Sure. Um, I think that, I think that GMOs are fine in certain cases. I mean, in, for most cases, I think, I oh, mean, unless that. somebody's like putting, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing to it, that it would be, if they make it unhealthy, then sure, where it's going to make you sick, then that's a problem. But most GMOs are fine. Most GMOs are good. In fact, hmm. um, that's GMOs are going to be the way that, uh, we, we solve the problem of the humongous human population and how to feed it you don't think it's bug protein it could be cricket farms yeah sure people hate on that it's it's both art i'm willing to try it it's both though right i'm willing to try it you can't subsist on just crickets alone right they got a lot of protein and they got a lot of iron yeah more than spinach yeah but you (laughs) good for you that's not all nutrients good the only nutrients aren't protein and iron Mm. Well, they are if you're me. Okay, well, not everybody's you, Art. <laughs> they should be. I know. That's your <laughs> personal philosophy. No, I know what you're saying. I don't... <sighs> like this rice that they grow that has like so many more like grains of rice per plant, like this, this that they figured out to make that. And it's like what the golden rice that has like uh, extra vitamins that are genetically added into it. So... You know, they don't have to, like, enrich it later on. It's already grown in the plant, so... It doesn't worry you, though? Of what? what? they're putting in the food? <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. I know where... We might... Uh, that This might be another episode. I know. I'm just trying to be. echo what the listeners might be saying the when they hear you say this shit. The listeners are saying it, and I know, listeners, that there's no... Look, you either, you're either okay with it or you're not okay with it, and there's nothing that anyone's going to say that's going to change your mind. GMO you foods... You have to have the means to not eat. Yeah. GMO foods. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Or grow your own and just eat tomatoes. Even then, I mean, you know, a lot of the... Where are you getting those tomato seeds from? You know, it's things like, um, like, people don't think about this, like, but like, genetically modified corn, for example, is planted by a vast majority of uh, commercial farms, uh, you know, in this country. Right. Um, And it's things, it's not that they're like... I don't know. People's fears are run rampant on GMOs like Frankenfood and all that, but 
It's like instead of having berries, it has instead of having to spray corn with chemicals to keep the bugs away from destroying the crop. There's they add genes to the corn so that it's naturally not pleasant for a bug to eat it. Right. So the bugs just don't attack it. Well, Andy, you've made a lot of raw food enthusiasts very angry. Well, that's good by saying that. Hey, raw food enthusiasts, tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Email us. Uh, Mr. Bunkerpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Tell us why I'm a moron and why you're right. <laughs> um, well, Andy, I, I don't know. I don't think I have much more to say. I think we've covered it. Um, I think listeners, you can probably guess what we're gonna what we're gonna say. Hey, before what our we, verdicts are gonna be. Before we get yeah, to our verdicts, I wanted quick. to I wanted to lay that out there. Is yeah. there anything else you want to say? Yeah, I think can we just talk for a little bit about Wiley Brooks? <laughs> Okay. When I first learned about Wiley, I was ready to fucking go hog wild on this guy on the podcast, right? Right. I think he's a... I think he's a misguided individual who... Maybe there's something there that we shouldn't make fun of. But at the same time... That's fair. (laughs) I can, like... I see what you're saying. You're saying that maybe he's... Maybe there's a little mental... Whatever, right? Diminished kind of stuff. I don't want to allegedly. I don't want to make any wild accusations or claims. Right. I'm just saying he stares at the sun for <laughs> six hours a day. <laughs> you know, McDonald's quarter pounder and a diet coke is the only thing you can eat. <laughs> so wait, I, I what would be your fifth dimension food, Andy? <laughs> My fifth dimension food. Um. Oh God, I gotta go with a chicken parm, man. Love the food that transports me to a different dimension. That is like safe to eat for you to still, still access those frequencies in a different dimension. Wow. Uh, So I have an Arnold Palmer. I have to pick something that for sure. Um, a, uh, you think about it. Uh, a wagyu ribeye. Jesus Christ. Have you had one of those before? Oh, yeah. You have? Uh, we used to go to this butcher shop that was uh, where we used to live in Ohio, and the guy had uh, Kobe beef really? hot dogs. Oh, my God. That was Wagyu hot dogs. I'm sure it was American Kobe. God, that must have been crazy. Those were delicious. Um, listeners, tweet at us. Let us know. Use the hashtag 5 d for me what your <laughs> fifth dimension food item is. We want to know. You know, I actually think I like, I might like, uh, Art, I've recently discovered eggplant. I, Andy, eggplant's been around for a long time. You didn't discover it. No, I invented it. And <laughs> let me tell you, I, no, I, I thought- Eggplant's great. Okay, I had, um, I was never, I never had eggplant as like a child. I didn't either. And it wasn't anything that we ever, that my parents ever cooked at home. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I, yeah. And so I never ate it when I went into a restaurant or anything. And mm-hmm. it just so happened that I had never had much exposure to eggplant. And, you know, a few years ago, I had baba ganoush somewhere. Mm. And I didn't care for it. Oh. And I so I thought, I was like, oh, I don't like eggplant. But I was not really familiar with uh, baba ganoush in, in general. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I don't have much exposure to eggplant. Yeah. So uh, recently we ended up with an eggplant at home 
and um, just adopted a little eggplant. <laughs> well, there was someone left an eggplant at your door with in a basket that said, "I can't, uh, this, I can't take care this of this program through the CPS where they bring like fruits and vegetables to the school, and you can get them." And so they had eggplants. It's like okay. it's like food that from Trader Joe's that they're going to throw away. Gotcha. And so they bring it to the school, and then they just give it away. It's like part of a grant thing. And so we ended up with an eggplant through that, and uh, Amanda made eggplant parm. Nice. And it was delicious. And I am an eggplant believer now. Eggplant, you can take eggplant and sweet potato and make and substitute out lasagna noodles and make a killer pasta, a yeah. killer lasagna with it. Sounds delicious. I got a great answer before. Let me tell you what it is. Um, well, that's great, Andy. I'm glad you discovered eggplant. So I I might actually have eggplant parm over the chicken parm. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You nuts. You're fucking dumb. Eggplant's great. <laughs> it's great. Delicious. Um, Wiley. <laughs> so wait. Okay. So here's my question for you. Oh boy. Here's my question for you because you did more. You did more of this research than than me. Right. Um, on Mr. Wiley. So I I want to know. He has all these claims about his weightlifting prowess, but in that video, he can't lift the bar like barely at all. Like with how like 500 or 600 pounds on it. Even though he's like saying, "Oh, I lifted a thousand pounds." Yeah. Like, b- the first day I didn't eat. I lived in Muscle Beach. I went to the place and I lifted a thousand pounds. Um. Yeah. You, is that real? Did he do that? I can find nothing. No claims of that. I didn't see anything about that. Um. There's a video of him where he goes to a gym and he's working out and he loads up like 600 pounds onto a squat rack and he stands under the bar and he struggles. You see him struggle. Oh, it's clear that he's struggling. Yeah, he. You think he's gonna, he's gonna, his knees are gonna break. <laughs> um, and he struggles to just stand up with the weight racked on his back. Right. Which you might be thinking, like, wow. But I mean, you'd be shocked at how much weight you can hold on your back. You think about it. The weight is going through your entire spine and then into the floor. It's not like it's. It's not like when you lift it with your arms. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're not using some weak little flabby part of your body. Your legs are the biggest, strongest muscles you have. Um, as I can tell, I can say this though, and he, he stands up with it, but then he immediately re-racks it back down. It comes, it comes off the machine, and then immediately he goes back. Yeah, so it's like a half a second. I mean, he's a he's like a seventy something year old man. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's eating cheeseburgers and diet coke. <laughs> he's not a. Yeah, he doesn't live off the air and the light alone. Yeah, he is. He claims that he eats cheeseburgers and diet coke. I don't know. It just it's it's like a it's a wild story to say like he's oh, got old man strength. Like because the pictures of him in the video, like he's not. He's he's very skinny. Yeah, he's incredibly skinny. Yeah, he's so, slim. I mean, I don't know. I just found it because I've actually lifted a, over a thousand pounds. <laughs> you love to tell this story. You were on a leg machine. I was a leg press machine. It was a leg press machine. I want to see you squat it. No. Ass to grass, Andy. No. I want I to see your ass in the grass. I won't do it. I'll just, I quit. It's very heavy, Art. <laughs> oh, I trust you. I've, I believe it. 1,100 pounds is a lot of weight. Yes. It is not something to fucking sneeze at. I thought that I was going to get crushed in the machine. You might get a hernia. But I lifted it. Well, you, there's stops to stop the machine, right? Well, you know, but it still comes down pretty yeah. far. It's like, and then I'm like, oh my God, the machine will break and then I'll get crushed. And you did this for like a charity event? Yeah, it was for St. Jude's. Well, good job, Andy. Thank you. If anything, I'm a humanitarian. 
<laughs> maybe that's the maybe that's the lore we'll start developing. Mm. That you're a humanitarian. No, no, it's much better to have me as a pig. <laughs> oh man, Andy. <laughs> um, Wiley is a he's an interesting guy. You should do your own research about him. Um, the stuff about the we're here to give you the, the whole gods. enchilada, but we're not giving you side dishes. I mean, like you know. It, it, it it's on his old website so you have to find like he he yeah. links to an archive of his old site from 2016 or something and or 2012 and that's where he has all these stuff about like he'll take you on trips to the yeah fifth dimension but it costs a hundred thousand dollars and right he just keeps increasing the price to the point where it's like 10 million now and yeah his elixir of the god <laughs> like it's well, brewed from the fountain of youth well it's like i i you know it's like there's there was some like I mean, okay. I'm sorry, listeners, but Vice, uh, right, did an interview had a like. They did an interview, interview with him and, that I also linked to, and it's like, you know, he's like, oh, sh- could I, you know, you're selling this bottle of water for ten thousand dollars, and he's like, well, <laughs> you you couldn't even use it properly, so like, there's no point in you buying it right now. <laughs> he's like, oh, so I should take the million dollar, uh, like seminar that you give, and he's like, yeah, you have to do the workshop first. If you take the water now. So it is. It is like you you start off very like yeah. high, and then it's like pretty expensive to maintain it. But it's like you're starting off more, way more expensive. Million dollars to do his workshop, and then ten thousand dollar bottles of water. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's well. You know what's interesting too is he says he eats the cheeseburger and the diet coke just so he can keep his energy levels within a normal human range because while he gets he's on so this, much energy, yes, this third dimension and. Like he says in that video, he's like, you notice I don't have any neighbors because I can't live near other people. <laughs> it's like, mm, okay. Yeah, he lives out in the desert by himself. Yeah. Again. I have too much energy. Yeah. Vertharianism. Not, <laughs> I don't know. He's very well spoken. He doesn't come across as like, but people believe in lots of, lots of things, Andy. Yeah. I mean, that's why cults is, exist. Yeah, Exactly. Um, we, let's wrap it up here, uh, Andy boy. Um, listeners, as you know, at the end of all this research and discussion, we give our summation, we give a review of what we think about the topic. And Andy, I will turn it over to you. What did 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 this research convince you that breatharianism is possible, is real? Let us know. What do you think? Um, you know, I think this is a complicated kind of like verdict, but I'm so I'm going to like give a verdict um in a, in a certain way, but it's it's encompassing a lot of different scenarios, all right? So, my verdict is uh plausible minus. Wow. And I think that for 98% of people, it's not plausible. But I think that there are certain subset of folks who are different uh, in their biochemistry. They have a certain way that they can conduct their lifestyle and uh, they've trained and they've spent a lot of time um, fasting and doing all this stuff. And so I think that for that small portion of the population, this is a a way to that they can survive for longer than they would normally be able to. Do I think that anybody survives only on the air? No, not plausible. Case closed. I would say case closed. I think that <gasps> this is a first case closed from Andy Hart. I would say 
I'll say this. I think that the facts will show that everybody who ever survived on air alone is dead. <laughs> you would wager a bet. <laughs> I'll put money on that one. And I'm not a gambling man. <laughs> no. Um, wow. Incredible. Um, a monumental episode. Andy, I... But I think the summation of it is plausible minus because okay. there's certain people who can exist for longer period of time. It so takes I'm... years of training, though. Right. Exactly. This is... if It's on par with saying, you know, I've trained my whole life to be a professional golfer. Right. It takes years of training. Yeah. And probably a, a better physiology than other people. Right. You 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 have have natural gifts and you have to have uh extensive training. That's right. And I think that in that sense you could probably live on air for longer than most people could, but are you going to subsist for an entire human lifespan on just air? I don't think so. Case closed. Incredible. Um I'm calling it bunk. Bunked. Uh Andy, I am going to echo your sentiments Sentiment. and your sediment. Um, but up until now, the lowest score that we've ever given for plausibility has been plausible smidge. <laughs> for those of you keeping track at home, it goes case closed, plausible smidge, plausible minus, plausible, plausible plus, um, uh, super plausible, confirmed. <laughs> And 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 uh, plausible smidge we should mention was a one time where plausibility was measured on a bar graph. So even though the terminology doesn't seem to make sense, plausible smidge is like the lowest amount of plausibility. I'm giving a new rating. <laughs> also, don't forget my uh, steak based ratings, <laughs> where the inverse of how I like my steak cooked was uh, the more convincing the. Uh, <laughs> Topic we can't talk about food, Andy. This is breatharianism. Right, so, but that scales off the table for this one. <laughs> Plausible molecule. It's less than smidge. <laughs> yep. Wow. I can't wait till we get to plausible atom and and then plausible electron, plausible particle, plausible... <laughs> plausible quark. Yeah. <laughs> plausible molecule. Okay. I agree with you. I think people like Johnny, they probably survive on... Like a little bit of water and who knows, maybe somehow they're getting something else. But he's trained his whole life to be like that. Right. I agree with you on that 100%. Plausible molecule. Case closed for everything else. You cannot live without water. I'm sorry. Jasmine almost died on camera. (laughs) She did. She literally almost died. You can see it. You can see her 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 face literally becomes a a a ghoul. Her pulse was double. Yeah. It doubled. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Double. That's like saying, "Oh, your pulse is 60. Now it's 120." <laughs> That's too high. Yeah, resting heart rate. Yeah. Your heart's like, "What the fuck are she's you doing?" Just, she's just sitting outside and it's like, "Your pulse is 120." <laughs> Even mine's not that high. <laughs> And I'm a very unhealthy person. <laughs> Jasmine Heed, what are you doing? <laughs> Have some more horseradish, lady. <laughs> Eat some horseradish and drink some Diet Pepsi. Have some Tibetan blessed chocolate, for God's sakes. Oh, oh, Jasmine. What's the deal with Tibetan blessed chocolate? I'm over here and I'm eating my chocolate. No blessing. <laughs> I'm eating Mr. Good Bar. Maybe it's Mr. Bad Bar. <laughs> Mal, 
Lamar. <laughs> um, I'm with you. Case closed. You can't live without water. I'm sorry. Some people can do it. Apology accepted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Case closed. I'm with you. It's it's not a thing. Does it deserve to be researched? Sure. Yeah. As much as that super cool mutant freak who can live in sub-zero temperatures can do stuff like that, that dude who encases himself in ice, the power of meditation, I believe, is very powerful. People like David Blaine and um, that super cool mutant freaky guy have shown that. I wish I looked up that guy's name. I really should have. No, it's better this way. (laughs) (laughs) People know who I'm talking about. He's like Danish or something. Swedish or something. Norwegian. Um... I think that these people are just genetic freaks and they use the power of meditation, which is very powerful. Obviously, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying the power of meditation. I don't do it myself. Maybe I should. Maybe I should try it. Um, I would love to do yoga because my hips aren't very flexible. Mm. Listeners don't know this, but I know this because I know you, Andy. Very flexible hips. Yeah, I do. If I if I sit cross-legged on, I can't sit cross-legged. on the floor... I can put my knees uh, flat onto the floor. Um, so, listeners, if you ever want to um, fuck Andy, uh, <laughs> now you know the best up, way to do it. Sitting up like uh, Lotus style. Yeah. For you Kama Sutra fans, um, that's how you do it. Yeah. Everyone have sex with Andy. Just get at us. It's, Andy's open to it. It's a good experience. <laughs> You're okay with me calling you a pig and pimping you out for sex with our listeners? <laughs> yes, that's totally fine. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm case closed. Otherwise I'm not denying the power of meditation. I'm not denying that you can train yourself to live on very little calories. I think it's dangerous. I think you should do it under the supervision of a doctor or a trained nutritionist. Um, and do your research before you get involved in this shit. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Fasting, intermittent fasting. Just do some research before you start going hog wild with that shit. Do some research and, and, and listeners, please. Listen to your body. Yes. Your body's trying to tell you what it needs. Yes. And so in this way, that's being sort of spiritual. It is. Listen to your body. That's what meditation is, right? It's being present. Yeah. It's listening to your body, listening to your it's thoughts. It's being able to stop and just obs- take take in what your body needs. Um, Wow. What a nice positive note to end on. Wow. Yeah. Um, Listeners, that that was our research and that was our discussion of breath, breath, breatharianism. Uh, um, Andy, do you have any final thoughts? I kind of want to end it on that nice positive note. Yeah, let's just leave it that there. That was beautiful. That was nice. Um, all right. So, yeah, for the titular Mr. Bunker and my bogan, crikey co host, Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.